pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So joining us right now is the CEO of Xcures, which is a health technology company that's created an AI-enabled precision oncology platform, Mika Newton. How are you today? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me on. Yes, thank you, thank you. What exactly are we seeing with chat GPT and AI in doctors' offices right now? Yeah, this is a it's it's a really exciting time. So things like chat GPT, large language models, the evolution of AI in general across, you know, its its various fields are having a huge impact on what's going to be happening in medicine. And the reason that's happening is because there is now so much knowledge about biology and medicine that it's impossible for doctors, nurses, hospital staff, everyone to keep all of it in their minds all the time. It's just too much information. And so these tools are helping us to bring it all together in the right context at the right time, which is incredibly important. So exactly how are we seeing doctors use this technology? Because I, a doctor isn't using ChatGPT to diagnose someone, are they? No, I don't think it's about diagnosis, but it's about um, associating the right features to the right possible treatment options. I'll give you an example from the work we've been doing at, at Xcure. So patients and doctors who come to us, the first thing we do is process their medical records. So get all the medical records, often from, you know, 20, 30 different providers that somebody's seen, put them all in one place and organize them and identify what are the most important features. Is it something clinical? Is it something biological? And then we can use that information to search a vast catalog, so 12,000 plus different treatment options and identify the top five or 10 things to consider. And note, I very carefully said to consider. So what we're helping the doctor do is instead of having to search through 12,000 things or even 100 of the most pertinent things, just think, look, here's a great place to start. Now, at the end of the day, doctors still need to make their own decisions, right, and understand best care for the patient, and patients need to have that relationship. I, I personally feel very strongly about that with their healthcare system. So I, I think this is just a way to help us do information retrieval on scale we've, we've never seen before. So essentially, a doctor could go to chat GPT or a software like that and just type in, I'm a doctor and I'm working on a diagnosis for a patient. Uh, he suffers from headaches and just list symptoms, and then they may give you some, some options? They may give you some ideas about what's going on. Okay. You know, you still have to practice your medical judgment. But, you know, if you've ever gone online, let's say before ChatGPT and these large language models came around, just imagine back maybe even five years ago or so, you'd list your symptoms and they'd give you kind of a list of, well, it could be A, B, C, D, E, or F, and then it would say, go see your doctor, right? That, that same thing is still happening. That hasn't changed. It's not diagnosing you, but it's enabling us to capture a much broader amount of data on the input side. Um, and so I think that's going to do a better job. Um, at the same time, though, I think there's a thing that a lot of people worry about, myself included, which is 
these tools are only as good as the information they're trained on. So we need to be very careful about how we're training these models and when it's appropriate to use them. So this is not a panacea, but it's another set of tools that I think have an opportunity to make us more efficient. Well, I appreciate you you diving into that. So I have chat GPT up in front of me right now. And I said, I'm a doctor and I'm working on, on a diagnosis for a patient. He suffers headaches, a sore neck, and is sleeping a lot. And then it, it even gives you um, like, like a, a caution notice. It prefaces mm-hmm. the answer by saying, as an AI language model, I can provide some general information, but I cannot diagnose medical conditions. The symptoms you mentioned can be associated with various medical conditions. So it's, e- so it's essential to consider multiple possibilities and consult with a qualified healthcare professional for an accurate diagnosis. However, I can provide you with some potential causes for your patient's symptoms, and they could be associated with, and then it lists out five different uh, medical conditions that it could be. Some of the things that are causing the symptoms, whether it's meningitis, migraines, sleep disorders, medication side effects, and and it it even tells the doctor. It says it's crucial to gather uh, detailed medical history. So you would say this is all helping a doctor for the better. I think it's helping use time more efficiently. And I I do think that's better. So, you know, if you think of oncology, right, 13,000 oncologists in the United States, we're going to be short almost 2,500 oncologists by 2025, according to their, their own society. How are we going to have enough professionals to care for people? We don't want to not have, you don't want the models to take over. So we have to figure out how to make our healthcare system more efficient, um, and these tools are going to be critical for that. Yeah, it's. I, I think it could be used for all the right things outside of healthcare as well. But but the scary mm-hmm. thing is, can doctors, if they're found using this, could they be held liable if they maybe misdiagnose someone because they used AI? Well. My understanding, right, is that the doctors are a licensed healthcare professional. So at the end of the day, the doctors, right, my, my wife's a nurse, right, so she has a license as a nurse. They are responsible for the care of the patient. So they can use tools that they feel are appropriate to use it. But at the end of the day, they are the professional, you know, just like any other professional uh, who works in the space with a license and, and they have their own obligations to perform. Um, to that. So I'm all for tools helping people, but I don't think that it gives any of us, you know, an, an excuse. Um, so it's it's just another research option for them. That's right. Okay. Yeah. And, and a really fascinating one, one that I think, again, it, the amount of information that we now have is in some ways overwhelming to any, any one of us. And so this offers us a way to be, again, super efficient, but I always say the caution, be really careful about the input because, you know, you put bad data in, you're going to get bad advice out. So we got to make sure that we're really thoughtful about how these models are trained, what the output is, what output is appropriate for us to consider, and then also what situations is it really the right place to use these kind of tools. And it's not everywhere. So a grain of salt with everything. All right. Well, Mika Newton, we really appreciate you breaking all this down for us. It's a lot. It seems like... Uh, there's a lot of options available with chat GPT and AI. I just hope people don't go out and use it for, for the bad reasons because it can really expedite a lot of processes for your everyday life as well. 
Absolutely. We just got to do the right thing. Thank you. All right. We'll talk to you later.